Hey, what's up? This is K-12 Tech Talk with Chris and Josh. Today, we talk about a dead backup server from Corey. Yes, special guest Corey is back. We talk about restricting executions. We got an email from Canada. We talk about a disaster recovery domain controller. And we talk about heat, stinks, sticky wickets. And this could be Corey's last episode. Take a listen. Hi, and welcome to this episode of K-12 Tech Talk. Sorry for the slight hiatus of a week. Um, we all went on vacation together. Chris, would you like to share where we went? <laughs> okay, never mind. That was going to be a joke. Where did where did we go? No, that's all right. The, the time's passed. Uh... Um, uh, uh... <laughs> Well, we do have some exciting news, though, after coming back from that week break. Um, I'm we no have... longer a guest. I No, we're That's not. That's not true. That's not true. Um, Who, we... Who's talking? Who is that? Oh. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't even introduced him yet, and he's taken over the mic. Um, we actually have our first official sponsor of K-12 Tech Talk. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> our... Our sponsor is somethingcool.com. Somethingcool.com has provided IT services and products to take K-12 schools for over 20 years. Let their certified staff help you with your next IT project, whether it be cybersecurity, networking, or data center. Go to somethingcool.com slash education to learn more. Chris and Corey, you guys have used Something Cool in the past, right? All day. Yeah, so you guys, they're they're uh, a legit company here in here in our area, and uh, they if if you're out of the K twelve realm, they do other businesses besides K twelve, but uh, they've helped you guys out quite a bit, I think, right? Yep, yep, and they do. Uh, I know they do banks. I know they've done medical offices. I know they've done courthouses. They do schools. They do businesses. They're all over the place. So uh, do us a favor and go to somethingcool.com/education. Give those guys a shout out, drop them an email, say hi, tell them you heard them, heard about them on this podcast, and uh, we'll just see where things go from there. So you guys have anything, uh, hot topics, anything going on right now? I had a server die today. What? Uh, <laughs> it was just the backup server. But what uh, I was sitting in my sitting in my desk, my our main data rack is in my uh, office closet, and so I can hear, you know, things start beeping. And sure enough, something started beeping today. So I go in there. I thought it was a battery backup at first, and then I see amber lights on a on, on the front of one of the servers. Uh, so I go back to my workstation, and and you threw up on your keyboard. Yeah, yeah. and then I got another keyboard. And how, uh, how tight did your your cheek clench? <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so then the server was, it started dropping or it, was, it wasn't pinging anymore, blah, blah, blah. And so I simply, it's a, so it's our Veeam repository. Cool? Actually, I did uh, <laughs> later. Uh, it's our Veeam repository. So it runs, it's a physical server um, with Windows installed. And so I hooked a monitor up, keyboard and mouse up to it, and then tried to just simply reboot it and the OS like, did, doesn't even try to load so then i get into bios and like the raid card 
has disappeared from the BIOS. Like it doesn't even show that there's a RAID adapter anymore. So I kind of stop. I I put a ticket in Lenovo with Lenovo because it still has next uh, on site next day warranty. And then uh, and then I got impatient, so I opened the server up myself, looked at the like visually examined the RAID card, and I could see the heat sink on the raid card like drooping so like i'm gonna take this out like you just you just pull it out there's not even any screws holding in pulled it out the heat stink stayed in the server like it just fell <laughs> did you say <laughs> heat did you say heat stink heat sink that heat's got some stink right. to it <laughs> um and so so that was the problem and did you like, tell something cool that the heat stink I'm I'm over my story. I'm over it. it. We haven't even done proper introductions. I'm Josh. I'm Corey. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) So Corey, finish your story. What what happened next? Uh, Well, so the heat sink is held onto the card with two pins. Both of those pins were broken and laying on the motherboard. So I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know if over time they just got hot. They're just little plastic pins. Um, so I, I relayed that information to Lenovo, and they have a tech coming tomorrow. He said mm-hmm. it should be there around 1030. The joys of having next business day warranty support. And so luckily, though, like we have another a secondary NAS that replicated from the NAS that's down. So all the data, all the beam data is still, you know, it's still around. Uh, so, so this this is really just a backup server that's down at the moment. That's really all it is. But this isn't this your server that runs Veeam, right? It's just a repository target. Yeah, no, right. Veeam's a VM. Yeah, this is just a repository that had the data on it. Yeah. Did you say that was a Lenovo server? I did. And yeah. Lenovo Lenovo came through for you. <laughs> I did. I like that. So so I have an update on my Lenovo story. So this just happened today. The end of this story. So I think it was back in episode two, I talked about the Chromebook, the 100Es that we have, and we've had just god-awful problems with them. And Lenovo, um, I guess they heard this podcast and decided to help me out, and they <laughs> replaced the motherboard in in 30 of these Chromebooks that we had that were no charge, no boot, nice. or they would come up and flash. So we sent them in. The critical situation lady that I was dealing with um, said, "We're gonna re- we're gonna replace motherboards in these thirty, and we're gonna send you um, a couple motherboards in case it happens again." I'm like, "Okay, great." Well, the day after I send these thirty in, I, we I get five on my desk that are doing the same thing. So I email her and I say, "Hey, we just had five of these show up doing the same thing. Do you want me to send them in, or do you want to send boards out to me?" Because she said she would send boards, right? So she said, well, I'll send you seven boards. I'm like, okay, fine. She goes, that way you have those five and two spare. I'm like, okay. A couple days go by, and I get 10 more of these devices on my desk doing this. So I email her, and I say, hey, I've got 10 more now, so I'm up to 15 on my desk doing this. Um, and a, like a week and a half goes by, and I didn't hear from her. She emails, she, she emails me today and says, uh, I'm sending you motherboards to resolve those new, the, the 10 new ones. Um, after that, we're done supporting this issue. <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I got more out of them than I thought I would. I mean, they, they're technically replacing motherboards in like 45 machines, which, I mean, we're still seeing the issue, so it's not going to fix 
right. the root cause of the issue. But they did honor beyond the warranty. I mean, those 30 were from the start of the school year that we had uh, from August until now that have been experiencing that issue. So I will say they did, they did help us out a little bit, but I just kind of found it funny that they said, yeah, we're done. Go somewhere else now. So we'll, we'll see what happens. next. That's a happy ending. No, I wouldn't say happy. I'd say mediocre. So you, you guys know Jay Rusan. Yeah. So I used to work with uh, with him years and years ago, and Corey's for, story for him. What for him? Yes, I was underneath him. Well, so Corey's story reminded me um, years ago at that district. This he was having me clean up some files, and we were just uh, I I don't know some some bloated home directories or something and I remember we were going through home directories and getting rid of some old stuff you know maybe it was staff or students that had left and we still had their folders I don't remember and we were clicking on stuff and the servers were located like just a couple feet away and we went to click on a it was a large video I remember and hit delete and as soon as we hit delete the servers started uh, making loud noises <laughs> And Jay looked at me and I looked at Jay and we walked over and, and a similar deal with the raid controller had gone out or whatever. And Jay looked at me and he said, well, you want to go out to eat? <laughs> we went, we went to Ponderosa. Oh my and, gosh. And we talked about how we we're going to fix the servers. I imagine Jay, Jay will appreciate you sharing that story. Like that, that was his initial, like how we should respond to the critical downtime. That's a I good like story. It. Let's go eat. I like yeah. it. Yeah, that that yeah. Um, you guys didn't go to the Mornet security session thing in Columbia last week, right? Nope. No, I did not. So I went for one day of it, and I came home with a couple decent ideas. I think Corey, you've already chastised me for one of them. Um, so one of the ideas that they shared, the session that I attended, was how to mitigate and recover from ransomware attacks and you know it seems like every other day we hear of another district or community college or entity getting attacked with ransomware there was one in missouri they're they're on their second week of downtime now um started a couple weeks ago so one of the big ideas was you have a a, either a, a redundant we'll just call it a redundant uh domain controller in your environment that is a physical box that is powered off 99% of the time. You power it on for a period of a couple hours once a month and let Active Directory sync group policy changes, user changes, um, and then you power it back off. You unplug power and you leave it in the corner and, and let it live there until you have some sort of disaster where you can roll that thing out, plug it in, and you now have your domain back up and functioning. What, do you, what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I kind of dig it. Yeah, I was that I, so in practice somewhere. Was 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 there an example of a of a school doing that? Like, it it came from one of the Mornet representatives that they've seen that in use, and they recommended that as a a quicker way to recover. You know, in, in the instant that you're say you do have backups, but let's say your backups get deleted by whatever jerk is is yeah. taking over your network, or they get encrypted. Or you can't restore from backup. You know, you haven't tested your backups and you've got a faulty backup somewhere along the lines. Um, 
it was it was just mentioned as an idea to recover quicker than pulling down an offsite backup or you know something like that. So I spun up a a new physical box today, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see how that works. I'm gonna put domain services on it, and I'm toying with the idea of putting um, redundant DHCP in and making a, a DH. No, yeah, redundant DHCP and making it a DNS server as well. So that's what I was going to say that I, I think there's always going to be that layer of you are hosed. Oh so, yeah. You know, like how, how much stuff are you going to try to put on that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to put file services or anything like that. I mean, it, it's going to be in, in the case that the, you know, poop hits the fan. I'm able to say, okay, worst case scenario we roll this box out of the corner, we plug it in the network and we've got domain authentication back up relatively quickly. And like someone pointed out to me earlier today, they're like, you know, that's going to be the furthest thing from your mind if you are ever hit with a ransomware attack. But my, my comment to that was it would help recover quicker than saying you needed to pull down a backup from an offsite storage facility. You know, you don't know how long that backup's going to take to pull back. Right. Um, and maybe you should, maybe you need to, you probably do need to test your backup from your, from your online repository too. I don't did know. Did you, did you just have a good working no. old server? No, I, uh, I actually commandeered a, an older beefy machine, not a server box, just something with eight gig of RAM and a 256 gig hard drive in it that I could put server OS on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not be actually. Right I think it's a great idea. I added it to my to-do list. I have a, we had a physical domain controller up until last Christmas, just two months ago. And then we P to beat it. Uh, so, but that box is still in the rack actually. So I'm just going to wipe it and re- like spin up a DC three. The end yeah. is coming. The end is I coming. Really, it should I feel take, like it shouldn't take that long for, no. the, end, for the end to come. Uh, no, for the sink, right? Uh, okay, I wasn't sure what we were talking about. <laughs> well, how do you even know that, that it's replicated? Like, how long do you leave it on for, like, an afternoon? Yeah, I would probably leave it on like, for a day. Fast. Yeah. I was, just, I was just at a tech meeting today, and they were talking about a community college around here that had ransomware stuff, and they've been down for days. Like, kids aren't going to college right now. Yeah, they've yes. canceled. This is the second week of school they've canceled, and... Next week is spring break, so they will have three weeks in a row without students. Uh, Which I mean, that was actually pretty smart, really. Yeah, I yeah. Breaks coming just to hey, let's give us let's build in some time here. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I was talking with uh, a representative from Mornet earlier today. She sent out an email. I don't know if you guys saw it that they've had multiple instances of ransomware attacks that they've been notified of uh, since the start of the week. I find it interesting that they've had that many in a week's time. Right. So makes makes you feel good. I man, you know, I think you're tempting the you're tempting it, man. You're tempting fate when you say crap like that. <laughs> um, it, it's I don't care how good you think you are, it can happen, man. I mean, it, oh, I to I, I totally agree. I don't think I'm good at all. <laughs> I yeah, heard. I heard if you say ransomware three times in a row that it happens to you. Do it. Do it right now. Do it. <laughs> yeah, Do I it. don't. Don't. I mean, <laughs> let 
let's be clear here. I mean, he wouldn't be the one dealing with it. No, it'd be his guys. Right. Whatever. Hey, I'm delegating, so, guys. Yeah, delegating. He, he is good <laughs> at delegating. I'm today. I'm I got home a, today. I got to plan a conference. I'm I got home a sick today. kid. Uh, so one of the other ideas, and Corey, this is the one that you kind of chirped me on. Um, and, and maybe I need to do a better job of this. I mean, obviously I do. They said one of the things that they recommend is start to restrict uh, execution from particular folders on the machines. And, and the case that I'm doing, I've started restricting execution out of the downloads folder on local machines. They also recommended execution from desktop and execution from some folders and application data. Uh, the the app data folder on the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey, what are your thoughts? Because I know you're you're chomping at the bit here. What do you mean? Tell me what what was your response when I said this earlier today? I said good job. Uh, you lie. You, <laughs> you restrict you restrict all. Ex- no, I've been. I mean, I've been. Are you using software restriction policy or app locker? No, SRP. Okay, so I use SRP for that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing that since, well, since I got a, I inherited a jungle from somebody that was oh like, nameless. Whatever. <laughs> and so I implemented that pretty immediately at my current district. Uh, I did I did desktop documents, downloads, uh, won't run, uh, XE, and then batch, anything.bat.cmd. Uh, I forget. There was a list uh, that I blocked. And then several in app data. App data is tricky, though. <laughs> it, yeah, you'll have to. You got to start allowing a lot. Like I just did. I did a block all app data slash, and then that that pretty quickly. A lot of crappy programs love to run, especially during the install phase from app data. Uh, so there, I have a lot of a lot a lot of um, exemptions from random app data stuff. Doesn't the consumer version or the home version of Chrome run out of app data? Yes, yeah. yes it does. Yeah. Corey, do uh, you remember when you pushed that out, like how much work came from that initially with like teachers reporting things that they were needing that would no longer work? Honestly, I, I would think there was a lot. I honestly can't remember really. Um, but I, I would assume there was quite a bit. But, uh, I mean, I know there was a couple, like, calendar programs that, like, calendar.exe ran from the desktop that secretaries had, and it killed those. Uh, luckily, we went to Google Calendar, so that kind of phased that out anyways. Um, it killed uh, – our middle school used to use Typing Master. It was, like, this old, old uh, typing program kids use, and it would run – it ran from app data as, a, like, for the kid even. And so that that was something to work through, but uh, yeah, we I I rolled out the download folder setting to my department uh, mid last week, and of course my guys complained about it because of anybody in the district, we're going to be the ones downloading stuff and running it. Um, but realistically, the average user doesn't shouldn't need that ability, and if they do. For now, they could drag it to the desktop or move it to the desktop and execute from there. I was going to say, I mean, I can't imagine, especially if, if you're, if all your or the majority of your users are standard user, it shouldn't have mattered anyways, unless they had previous programs or just an XE. 
is running. I mean, because, I mean, like if they were – even if you didn't have this in place and they downloaded something, like it, it should not work anyways, right? Yeah. Well, in theory, correct. As long as it didn't need the install process or admin elevation, right. I mean, no, I'm sorry. That's backwards. If it started, if it ha- if it does start the install process, or needs admin privilege, a standard user, it would be stopped with a standard user, right? But if right. it's just an executable that runs, like I had to sure. download, I had to download Rufus today and run Rufus, right. Right. make a bootable image. That's just an exe that would run. I, in theory, a standard user would be able to run that executable. Yes, that is true. So, I mean, there there is stuff that it would catch. Um, those, those are the two big ones that, that I brought home. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's other stuff, but I've actually forgotten about it. Um, have you guys had an increase in, in fishing recently? We've, we've had some pretty targeted, really good looking fishing emails over the last two or three days. Um, I don't know if that's a trend. I don't know what's, what's happening. And, and thankfully, my users are actually sending them to us. Um, and we're able to look at – we had one. It was a super, super legit-looking chase email. Um, you know, it says something's wrong with your credit card, log in, you know, check your credentials, whatever. And if you hover over the links, it sends you to Google Forms. It's like, come on, try at – least, at least get a domain and try and hide that. Jeez. So, yeah, I don't – I, nothing's really been reported to me. I had a nurse who Chris is familiar with send me a, <laughs> send me an email today that she received from another school district. Um, and then in that email, they said that there was more of a spearfish on how uh, I guess the nurse's email got spoofed and sent an email to their payroll department saying I yeah. need to update my, my uh, payroll information. And then in that email, they said the nurse reached out to other school districts and she said six other districts got the same one. Well, I looked through ours and I didn't see anything. Yeah. My nurses forwarded that to my nurses forwarded that to me this afternoon too. So, I mean, it, it sounds like users are starting to catch on, you know, and I, I think emails should flag that. Right. Cause I mean, they can't impersonate, the email address they can impersonate the name so it should flag it or even if they get it i mean i think um, that should go to spam and if not it should it should have like that suspicious well if you've turned that on if you've turned on dmark and dkim right which i have of course yeah i've had that on for about a year well a little bit over a year i don't know two years we we actually ran into a problem with it late last week we use a a service called Market Volt to send out mm-hmm. our superintendent sends out weekly emails with it. And uh, you can, you can type in the from field, you can type in a custom from address and they, our marketing guy always puts in our superintendent's email address. Well, he fat fingered the domain and it missed just transposed two letters. So it, it really wasn't our domain and DKIM and DMARC are both set to allow this, this product to send as our domain. So it doesn't get flagged. Well, by transposing those letters, Google saw it as spam and threw it in the spam mailbox because that, you know, it said, this looks uh, an awful lot like your domain. This could be spam, blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's funny how, you know, we, we enable these products to help 
keep spam from coming in and then it ends up by in a mistake and in a manner with a mistake, it ends up causing a problem. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of thought that was funny. Yeah. yeah. Chris, we had a email with feedback, didn't we? We did. So you guys were making fun of me about, we thought we had a listener from Canada and we did not. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, Matthew, uh, who is from Nova Scotia, which is a neighboring province of New Brunswick, which is what you guys made fun of me about. Because you thought I, Rutgers was there. Yeah, whatever. That whatever. Anyways, Matthew, legit from Canada, uh, he emailed in a couple things. Uh, he was cruising through the episodes. He said so. He let me think here. Oh, he asked about uh, printing from Chromebooks. If we do anything with printing, uh, do we do managed Chromebook printing? How do we Missourians feel about Chromebook printing? Well, <clears throat> I use, I have one printer defined for student printing from Chromebooks per building. And it's actually a copier. And I'm using the, the CUPS protocol inside uh, G Suite admin. I'm not using the, what was the installed app, uh, Google, Google Print Manager or something like that. Cloud, it never worked. Cloud Print. Cloud yeah. Print. Yeah. We never use that. I'm just using the CUPS protocol. So I'm actually, I'm doing the same thing as Josh. Well, just high school, middle school. One, the printer in the library, yep. Chromebooks can print too. But I'm doing the Google Cloud Print Beta, which they've announced is phased out December 31st, 2020. So I will be going to the method that Josh is using over the summer. Is that Has that gotten any more stable? It's super stable now. It's upsetting. So the first one, it was really bad. Maybe borderline weekly issues. Um, the new one that I've used for a while now, I would say 18 months or so, rarely an issue. Uh, I'm talking super rare. So it's it's annoying that they're killing it because it just it it works really well. But I've heard the I've heard the the cups works just fine now as well. So I don't I don't foresee yeah, I, much of a problem. I can't say we've really had a problem with cups. I mean, it, it's not centrally managed, so I there'd be nothing for me to do. You know, I, it's not like I could troubleshoot it that much. So, uh, and that's what I like about the cloud print beta. Like, like you just go to google.com slash printers or whatever, um, and, like, you see, like, the cloud printers you shared, and you can see who's printed to it, when they printed to it. Like, it's really nice. And so it's, like, it's kind of upsetting that that's going away, but. What yeah, I wonder if they're going to start pushing more users to products like Papercut and, you know, that type of product. Because I know we're, we're looking at Papercut in general, and one of, the, one of the key features is the they support Chromebook printing, which, I mean, we're doing it now, but they've got the secure anywhere print that supports Chromebook printing. We uh, tell our uh, faculty, staff, and students – we provide them with a link to try to figure it out if they have home computers. Uh, but beyond that, we say we do not support Chromebook printing. How come? Uh, that was part of when we really went into one-to-one in Chromebooks, uh, paper reduction was a big thing uh. of a reasoning. Uh, so that was just said, like, we're not going to do it. We're not going to, we're not going to print on Chromebooks. Yeah. But we say we don't support it. Like we say we don't like we don't support Chromebook printing. And then so then, you know, that kind of is mysterious and people think that you can't print on Chromebooks. Right. But we don't. 
argue or give a rebuttal or give details. We just say we don't support Chromebook printing. Yeah. So you're not actively going out there and saying we can do this. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is right. weird. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say another question. You got something else? No, go ahead. Uh, supporting end of life Chromebooks. Uh, Matthew says we have a significant number of older Chromebooks in particular Acer C720s that are now end of life. It is not feasible to replace these right away. Does anyone have experience using supporting end of life Chromebooks? We haven't done that yet. Have you guys? I have just 30. Yeah, we have some that are not supported, but they're at like kindergarten, first grade level. So it's not, it's not been impactful. So didn't Google say that once they fall off a lifetime or off a support, you can't really manage them through admin console anymore. Is that right? I don't think that's true. Like I okay. can still manage mine and maybe they will fall out. Like mine just expired, uh, September or October. Um, the, I think the, the biggest issue would be like, so I'm trying to think of the testing app that our elementary test nav, um, test nav, like they're in their, it's in their documentation. They support the current version of Chrome OS and the two previous. Well, like that's, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. You know, if you have a Chromebook that's a year old, well, three releases have come out by then. Uh, and so then like, you know, you go to run test nav and it just simply doesn't work. I think that will be the biggest problem is, you know, testing apps, not working on older Chrome OS versions. Yeah. I know the Google sentence was not that it won't work, but it said like you could have management issues or yeah, something like that. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. And I'm sure that has more to do with Chrome OS versions and new new features or new new radio buttons put being put in the admin console that are only supported by the newest revision of OS, you know, and that makes sense. And I even thought for a while, like Google would still like, okay, we can't like automatically update those, but like they'd let you man manually update them. But no, like it says like this Chromebook's no longer supported. Like you can't update it. Yeah. Well, hopefully we won't have to really worry about that much. <clears throat> All right, here's this, here's this last question. This is a, this is a good one. Uh, restrictive versus permissive blocking. Uh, he says in the past, we've had requests for schools to block social media platforms. When we do students end up using VPN solutions to evade our blocks. In my opinion, creating an environment that leads students to using G to load it up. In my opinion, creating an environment that leads to students using VPNs creates a more insecure environment, forcing them to route their traffic through what could be potentially malicious stuff. Uh, and also having access to social media platforms is the reality that students will have to face once they leave school. We have taken the stance that education and proper digital citizenship is the solution rather than restricting the internet. I'm curious to hear other opinions on this topic. Oh boy. I'm sure Corey has an opinion. I, I know. I'm sure you have an opinion. To block or to unblock? Well, I, I have been called a roadblock before um <laughs> by your staff yeah well not my staff no um I, you know this is one of those sticky wickets that you can find yourself in it, sticky it, wicket what yeah, is a sticky is, wicket oh my god heated, you people what was the thing heated sock what was the thing St stinking what was the thing earlier heat, with Corey? heat stink heat stink sticky wickets and heat stinks 
I'm Googling sticky wickets on my work laptop right now. It's probably going to be fired. Um, you know, it, it's a fine line to walk and you know, you can, you can sit in your firewall or your filter all day long and play whack-a-mole if you want to. All that does is, is really drive the kid to looking for something harder and harder and harder. Um, we have a, we have a cohort, a friend, that's an IT director and he likes to use the line that it's a classroom management issue, not a tech issue that the technology is working the way that it was intended. It need it, it should be a classroom management discussion, not a, we need to block this website discussion. Um, I see both sides of the fence on that. Uh, we've gotten into the stance of if you want something blocked or unblocked, you have to go to your building administrator and then your building administrator comes to me and we have a discussion. So that seems to be working well for now. Um, you know, maybe that'll change in the future. I don't know. Chris, you I know you're, you're, you're cool with like unblocking TikTok. No, there was the education. Show me an educational use for tech TikTok. You know, I was, so, so that tech meeting I was at, these teachers were talking about, it was like a ed tech, like it was instructional techs. Well, there's your problem right there. Uh, I, had, I had no place wow. to be in the room. Wow. Uh, but they were talking about making lessons that involve TikTok, you know, okay, to, like, so- to get into the kid's world that they're comfortable in, and they're going to make a video about whatever. That is so stupid. <laughs> it, it, you know, what? so part of our job, okay, here we go. Part of our job is to be, <laughs> compliant with regulation is tiktok ferpa or copa compliant and what age group of kids are you telling to use tiktok in a classroom assignment right that is ridiculous it was was a hilarious conversation i i actually today this is funny this is being brought up just today i had a high school teacher call me and wanted pinterest unblocked uh for a research assignment and I said, and I asked her, I was like, is Pinterest the only place where like they can research the topic? And it was Dr. Seuss. And I said, is Pinterest the only place where they can research Dr. Seuss? She said, no. And I said, because there's stuff on Pinterest that kids don't need to be looking at from a school device that parents can get upset about. And especially just so they can research Dr. Seuss. Right. She said, okay. She said, okay, thank you. Yes, yeah, so I road, roadblock under her breath. I was probably I, something else under her brain. I just I I just can't do it. I mean, whatever, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, like even if it has I mean, even if it has educate educational value, but it opens the doors to whatever creeper to communicate with our kids and we can't like see that communication well, like I just I can't I can't do it. And I can't do it too because of like e-rate filing. Like I check mark boxes that say like Right. I'm protecting the kids and stuff, and I can go to go to prison. Oh, could uh, you imagine Chris in prison? No, he right. wouldn't make it. He would. Right. It would it, well, he'd be Chris, he'd be Christine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I just can't I can't find any good any good logic. I'm, I mean, there, there's that one. It's 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 a reading one where like you pick a book. I forget what that's called. Good read or good reader or something. Like you, you, you go to this website, you like tell it what book you're reading and they put you into a reading circle with a bunch of other people reading the book. It I think that's good reads. Good reads. That sounds awesome. I think so. so like, you know, like high school kids reading the book. So like, you know, 
they, they go to the website. Maybe they don't like, you know, talking, but they're willing to go to a website and type out some sentences that talk about, you know, how this book's going, blah, blah, blah. But I can't put them into a reading circle with a bunch of creeps around the world or whatever. Like, well, okay. Let, okay. So let's not go the social media route. Cool math games, block or unblock. We block it. Do you really? Yep. It is, it is allowed at my district. I, we block it because it came a, it became a problem. Um, what's another one? Uh, Disney Plus. We block. We block it. We Chris. unblock it for staff. Oh man, I can't wait to. I'm gonna email Iger right now. They're because they're they're sending out lawsuits to districts for this. Iger is no longer in charge, Corey. Oh yeah, that new guy. That's one of those, like, I – so it's unblocked for staff, but we don't offer any uh, tech department support. Well, well I would there... hope not. <laughs> right. But that's like we, we just do a – I mean, what support do you need for D- Disney Plus? They got uh, some stupid websites behind the scenes of Disney Plus, like Lightspeed blocks it sometimes. Or, or it's, it's something like if we have many users in the district, I don't know yeah. if it's – that's probably Disney that sees it, so yeah. they'll block it. Yeah, so then, yeah, because they're gonna be you're gonna be getting a letter soon. So then we have teachers come there like, "Hey, my Disney Plus isn't working. I was wanting to show this video to my kids." Yeah, what there's the there's one of your neighboring districts down there. Uh, they said it'll work for about two weeks and then it'll stop working. Yeah, and what it that. is, yeah, they, they think that they're being seen as a proxy because there's so many connections coming from their external address that. Disney Plus or Netflix, which you name the service, is blocking them because they see so much traffic coming from them. Yeah, we do the same thing with Netflix. It's open for staff, but we don't support it. We do allow Netflix for staff. We block it. So Corey just talked and talked and talked about Disney Plus, but then he has peace with Netflix. It makes no sense. Because Netflix is the gray area. Disney Plus came out, or Disney came out with a statement. like It's against policy for public entities to show you know, show, but Netflix, they got a little bit of a gray there. I have not seen that statement. Yeah. I saw comfort zone. I thought Netflix had said no. No. I do. I mean, my philosophy, maybe I shouldn't say this publicly. (laughs) I like to go gray. If it's for the good of the kid, if there's educational value, I'll probably do it. Okay. So, Netflix only has educational value videos. No, but they watch educational value videos. Uh-huh, or that's sure. my assumption for letting staff get to it. Right. It's gray. There, I think it's something about Netflix has something in their policy or statement that if, if it has of educational value, they're okay with it. It's yeah. definitely. Well, I mean, gray area. I mean, there's, I could find educational value yeah. in. Lot of it's a it's a sticky wicket. It's, it's a sticky, a sticky wicket. wicket. <laughs> it's a stinky wicket. All right, gentlemen, we're at almost forty minutes. That was a, a good comeback for our uh, a week's hiatus. Sticky dog. Oh, Canada. A glue a glue pot. Do you say that ever, Josh? No. What are you looking up? Sticky wicket. Sticky wicket. I, oh. It's also referred to as a sticky dog. Never heard that term. Man, it's a glue pot. Or a sticky dog or a glue pot. 
All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Caused by a damp and soft pitch in cricket. Yeah, in cricket. Yeah. Do you play cricket, Josh? No, I, I had to retire. Hmm. Just middle school only? No, it was like my curling career. I I came really close to the Olympics, but I had to take a step back. Has it really been 40 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> I just love talking to you guys. All right, till Are next we week, announce, guys. Whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> Are we going to announce the new logo with this week's upload? No. Hey, we would like to hear that, I think. Uh, so, so this thing is called, hey, this is great. This is the best idea I've had in a while. Oh, man. Is Chris right. been drinking? No. So this, you know, okay, it's K-12 Tech Talk, and, and then it's with Chris and Josh, and th- that's what it's been. But Corey, for a while, has been showing up. So it's been with guests. Unadvised. I mean, you only had, what, two episodes without me or three? It is what it episode, is. So what, eight Correct. Whatever. So, even if it's just one person, two people, three people, we want to – let's do a vote. Yeah. Should we keep Corey? Oh, my gosh. Or really, should should Corey go out to pasture? I mean, I know the jokers that are going to vote already, and this isn't going to fare well for me. So, is it (laughs) – here's your choices. Should it be K-12 Tech Talk with Chris and Josh? And Corey is gone. Like, this is his last episode. Oh, I guess. Should it be K-12 Tech Talk with Chris and Josh with guest Corey? Or no, should Corey it be K-12 Tech Talk? Well, you want four choices with Corey and friends? <laughs> <laughs> or do we want K-12 Tech Talk with Chris and Josh and Corey? Well, there's too many ands in there. It needs to be grammatically correct. So figure out could, that last we one. We could combine our name into one. Is Corey out forever? Is A. I mean, is it just Chris like and this. Josh with guest Corey? That's B. Is it Corey and friends? That's <laughs> C. Or is it Chris, Josh, Corey? I mean, you're kind of, you might be screwing yourself because I know the idiots I talk to all day long in Discord, and they might vote C. <laughs> There's no, no one is going to vote C. Oh, now you're really screwing yourself. <laughs> So vote at k12techtalk at gmail.com and uh, give us some feedback. Let us know really what you think of Corey. 